Hello, and welcome to the 34th episode of How to Hold a Pencil. My name is Ruben Ingber, and I'm your host. Today, I have with me Laura Hogan, a self-taught front-end developer working on performance at Etsy, and a soon-to-be-published author. Welcome, Lara. For the people who don't know who you are, why don't you tell the listeners at home a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm so excited about this. Thank you so much for having me. I currently work at Etsy. I am the Senior Engineering Manager of Performance there. So currently, I run a team of web developers whose job it is to help all the other product people, you know, working on features that our members see, make whatever it is that they're building as fast as humanly possible. So our job is twofold. We both, you know, help make the site faster ourselves, but we also want to build tools and lots of education around how people can impact performance. Uh, historically, I've done UX work. I've done project management work. I've done tons of front-end development. Uh, I've been kind of all over the map. That's awesome. So you've been on the web for you know some time now. What's your first memory of the web? Oh, that's a great question. So I, I mean, obviously AOL was a big part of my life. You know, back in the day, <laughs> um, I was fortunate enough uh, that my father had a computer at home. He worked for a bank, and he made one of the first date picker systems for accountants uh, at this bank. And so he he had a computer at home that he worked on. So my sister and I had the opportunity to. Um, to log on the internet and we would have like a little pad of paper next to the computer where we had to log our time because you remember back in the day you only had a certain number of hours uh, allotted to you per month (laughs) um so yeah that was probably my first memory of the web was uh kind of poking around like the kid zone of aol awesome so i like to start out by finding i like to start usually by finding out how people got their start in web development particular like where Where did you make that jump from, you know, tracking your time on the web to sort of building on the web? So um, I learned HTML, and this is like an embarrassing story, but it's funny. I just found out that one of my teammates today has the same story. Um, I started building HTML and CSS primarily uh, for a site called Neopets, which was a kid's game. Uh, My sister was really into it, and I was like just at the top of the age range for kids that should have been interested in this online (laughs) Um, but you could build guilds effectively and you had to know some like tables, <laughs> uh, in order to like manipulate the content on this guild. And so, yeah, so I, I, they had Neopets actually came with like a really old school, how to, uh, do HTML and CSS for kids. So I figured it out that way. I built my own Lord of the Rings legless uh focused guild for neopets that's awesome that's like teaching kids to learn to code before teaching kids learn to code was cool totally (laughs) yeah and i was definitely like i quickly realized it was below my age range but i couldn't stop just because the html and css was so much fun to play with that's awesome so you got bit by that html and css bug you know quite early at what i would assume yeah um how did you sort of jump from there to building i don't want to say real things but building (laughs) more real things on the web you know like You know, what type of resources did you use to make that jump? So I, in college, uh, had a bunch of really weird internships. I was a philosophy undergrad, which meant, you know, when you're trying to find like a job as a, so I was philosophy and visual media. On the visual media side, I studied street documentary photography abroad in Prague. Um, There's not a lot of internship opportunities for, you know, street documentary photography. So I focused on the philosophy degree to help me get some internships I ended up working on a couple of different like freelance websites like I helped a lawyer build his website and this was still pre really pre real CSS this is just again more tables uh, for layout and then I helped um, the 
the Methodist church on campus build their website. And that was like the early days of WordPress too. So I got pretty into WordPress. Um, and then shortly thereafter, I started my own wedding photography business while I was still in school. And uh, I built my own website for that. And that was kind of my first foray into, you know, real, real website development. Very cool. So you're building these sites for freelance clients or for yourself for fun. I mean, you might call them clients. I don't know if you called them clients at the time, but <laughs> yes. um, what type of, you know, obviously you get thrown into learning WordPress for the Methodist church on campus, you know, right. what type of resources did you sort of use to sort of teach yourself um, these skills and to sort of figure out your way through it? I mean, building a WordPress site is not the easiest thing in the world. No, especially when you don't know PHP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The pre-WordPress site, I was doing everything in Notepad uh, on my PC. Like nice. I didn't even really have like an, I didn't really understand like what an HTML editor was. Um, so I was like literally like saving and uploading via some some random FTP client. I don't even remember what it was uh, to a site to figure out how that all worked. Um, by the time I was able to work on the Methodist site, the web, the WordPress site, there were enough resources out there online that I I kind of just Googled everything, which I feel like I still do. Probably everybody still does today, right? Of course. Um, so yeah, there was a, there was a few resources, and that was old school WordPress, like maybe I don't know, like 2.2. So there were a lot of resources for getting started there. I really just started with themes, which was my comfort zone, right? HTML and CSS, and I started to real, realize that like custom post types were a thing, and there was a lot of really cool things you could do to to make it so these content editors that didn't know anything um, would be able to sort of make the, the website them you know custom for themselves. That's awesome. So. I'm wondering, you know, a lot of people and this show, as you know, is geared towards people who are learning and who are starting out. A lot of people are always sort of like looking for a project to work on and sort of they're almost and I think I experience this myself is like when you're geared towards learning, you're kind of afraid to take on that first client or that first project for somebody else. Like you'll work on your own portfolio 3000, you know, 3000 different ways. Right. But, you know, when when somebody comes and like, oh, can you build me a website? People are a little nervous. How did you sort of say, you know what, I can do this? You know, I, I remember that um, being really weird because so for the lawyer, um, I, I knew I should ask to be paid. I knew I didn't want I didn't want my time to be undervalued. Um, and I cannot I can't I, I, maybe like a couple hundred dollars for like a full, it was a full website of things, which seems really funny um, reflecting on it. But I think that the challenge for me wasn't saying, yeah, I can do this. It was how do I value my time? Um, because it felt like I felt like such a novice. and I felt like such a fraud, you know, saying I don't really know how to do this well yet, but I'm asking you to pay me for it. Um, it was like, I think I, I think I went to school with him. He was like a grad student at the time. He was like about to take the bar or something. It was one of those like weird situations where you kind of knew somebody and they kind of needed this thing. Got it. I feel like I just kind of asked for it and I went for it. And then he believed that I was worth the thing. So he paid me for it. And I wish I could find that website. Cause I'm sure it was just like a piece of work. It was, it was again, I'm, sh I'm sure it's awesome. I'm sure it's like everybody's first, first website, you know, <laughs> yes. Pro it's probably, funny. probably a marquee tag or two. It's oh, probably definitely. great. Well, and um, and during that time too, uh, slicing from Photoshop, you know, using all the slices and ex exporting as like a save for web with all the slices was big in t in ta uh, yeah. tables. Um, and I'm sure that I used a lot of that on that site. So, you built these couple of sites. You built your own site, and I'm sure your skills are improving as you're going on. Um, obviously, they've improved since then. Um, <laughs> how did you sort of build your confidence? to build these things and to sort of keep pushing forward as you know like <clears throat> when you're first learning there's there are things that you're not going to know and you know roadblocks and whatnot how did you build your confidence to keep building 
That's a great question. So my first job out of college, I was, so I was really lucky. Um, I interned during college for this company called Smart Brief. They're in DC and they're an HTML newsletter company. I interned for them because my Photoshop teacher in college worked for them as like their head designer. He's now at Twitter. He's like some Dave Wright. He's amazing. He's like some headshot now at Twitter doing design. So he hired me as an intern and I got to watch him work. And I, I started to realize that, you know, I could actually use these Photoshop skills that I have um, on the web for real. And that's when I, you know, everybody has their first HTML email, which is a whole other thing. I feel like you could do a whole podcast about that. <laughs> my um, my whole web career is built, part of my web career is built on an email newsletter that I like invented to learn web development. Totally, totally. <laughs> Um, so for me, the confidence that I ended up getting was not doing web development directly, but being around people who were doing it. So my first job um, was the following year. I My first job out of college, I basically asked them, can I have a job, please? I like <laughs> I really like this company. Can I please work here? And they were like, sure, we've got a project management position open. You're organized and super type A. This will make sense. <laughs> so I didn't like have a background in it, but I did it, you know. And um, it was a development. It was a small development team maybe 10 people who worked there. And I was, um, I did like a little bit of front end development, but mostly I was a project manager. So for me, the confidence building was like dabbling in it while being surrounded by really smart people and asking lots of questions and not being afraid to ask those questions. Um, and at the same time, not being afraid to ask for more responsibilities, which I think um, I ended up leaving that job because I wanted more front end development work. And I wasn't sure how to say that. I wasn't sure how to make the switch from, project management to full-time dev work. So I ended up switching jobs instead of asking. And I kind of wish I had just asked. I wish I had just been like, hey, boss, CTO, because again, it's like a small company, you know. Um, I'd really like to do this full-time. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like just building confidence by being around people and asking questions and taking on those little small chunks of things and trying it out in very safe ways was the way that I ended up building my confidence. Awesome. So obviously you you've been able to over time build that confidence and, you know, learn the ropes. But there's a, I think for people who are self-taught, there's a, there's a certain type of motivation that you have to have. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering what's kept you motivated to keep, uh, to sort of keep pushing yourself forward and to put like our skills. It's like one of those things where like you, you develop them slowly over time and there's always something new to learn, especially in our industry. Like what keeps you motivated to keep going? Totally. I don't know about you, but I have this addiction to like being certified in things. <laughs> um, <laughs> Me too. I love a, I love a good, I love a good certificate, even if it's digital. Yeah. I, so, you know, this whole time I've been in web development, I've always had side jobs that are basically additional full-time jobs that have nothing to do with web development. I never thought that I was going to be in tech. Um, and even today I'm kind of like, I still don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up. I, you know, I'm, I'm certified as an EMT, um, I'm certified in basic pistol safety. I've taken some piloting courses. Like I feel like it's just this weird addiction to like things that would help me in it during a zombie apocalypse. Those so, are those are three awesome skills to have. So they're I, super weird. Yeah, I'm like that's fantastic. You could <laughs> but, you can shoot me, save my life, and then fly my getaway plane. It's perfect. So I feel like like when I talk to other self-taught developers, there's this common thread of not just like wanting to specifically get better at technology, but just wanting to better yourself in general. Um, one of the cool things about working at Etsy is I'm surrounded by crafters. I'm surrounded by people who are incredible, not just at crafting their code, but um, they're amazing. You know, they work with 3D printers or they're sewers or they're, or they're letter pressers or, you know, all sorts of things. Um, and I really feel like 
that is inherent in a lot of self-taught developers these days. It's this addiction to just kind of like learning things and learning new things and bettering yourself. It's certainly true for me. No, that, that's, I mean, that's so true. I think, I think for people who are learning on their own, who aren't going to school or didn't study computer science, there is something that's, a, it's an addiction. You have, you have to be addicted to learning what you're learning the craft in order to get good, to get good at it. Yeah. So what would you, what would you tell someone starting out in this web world to sort of keep them motivated? And, you know, like we hit those roadblocks early on, like how would you, how would you convince them to push through those? Um, when I talk to, to people, and I mean, I feel like the question is, is twofold. On one hand, there's, there's folks that just don't, aren't sure how to get started. And on the other hand, there's folks that, um, either feel intimidated or unsure in their own skill sets or, you know, don't have the confidence inherently out of the gate. And to those people, what I like to say is that there's, man, the web is just full of amazing people. The people who I've met at conferences or just like on Twitter, they're, they're so supportive and they're so, everybody's learning and everybody's teaching. And, and to be a part of this culture, you have to be humble and you have to be always eager to learn the next new thing because it changes so frequently. And I think because of that, the community that's been built is just phenomenal. You look at the Chris Coyers out there, you know, you look at and all these folks that are just constantly churning out content and education and learning new things and willing to support each other, that is what's at least kept me motivated and not and not left me in the dust. It's like you have to want to be a part of this community. And, and if you do, then you're going to be supported by a lot of really phenomenal people. That's aw- that's <clears throat> that's some really great advice. So you mentioned something, how that question was twofold and how there there are people who – from the from the outset have no idea where to get their start and where to you know how to sort of navigate the web world i mean like when somebody says you know the hot button issue the hot button topic is like oh you should learn to code but like yeah what should you learn to code how do you you know how do you recommend somebody sort of navigate those waters like to figure out whether they should do back end or front end or if they should do full stack or something you know like how do you how do you suggest somebody navigating those waters so when I, okay, here's a story. So my mother is a, a minister and she has a church and um, the church needed a website and, you know, the church has no money. So what I realized needed to happen was she needed to have a website, some sort, something um, that she could edit without needing like pay a freelance web developer to help her make every single change. So as I was working with her, I realized that I needed to in some way empower her to understand um, what she was doing. I basically had to teach her like basic HTML and CSS um, or at least understand how, in this case, WordPress was working in order to get this stuff done. And that's kind of how I've approached, um, you know, these folks that just are unsure of what they want to do in the past. There's something so empowering about making a change, pushing save or pushing publish and seeing your thing updated on the web. Like, I don't know if there's anybody who hasn't had that happen who doesn't feel like super empowered and super excited because you <laughs> changed the internet, you know? Um, and that's, I feel like when I start to think about these questions, like, do you want to do back end or front end or, or other things? It's really about what feels the most natural, uh, like to change and then see reflected. Maybe databases make the most sense. Like maybe you really want to play with this thing. Maybe, um, maybe it's colors, right? Maybe it's layout. Like, I don't know what it is for, for individuals, but there's something super empowering about, about hitting save and hitting refresh just locally and, and seeing that stuff change. And that's kind of where I start with people who are just starting out. Like I, I, I walk. I actually work with some people who um, are interested in this stuff at Etsy, who don't work in engineering, and we occasionally get together for lunch or, or after work and just hang out and like play on CodePen a bunch, um, and we click around and we, we try different things. We try to edit other people's uh, little code pens, and it's amazing to see like their faces light up when they when they they understand the change that they made. 
I mean, I, I, I personally still get that feeling all the time when I realize like, oh, I did this thing and I click save and it works. And I'm like, wow, I did that like, right. You know, like six months ago, I could never have done that. Totally. So you've worked on a bunch of things and obviously Etsy is a whole, you working on a major, major thing, but what's, what's your, what's the, what's your favorite thing that you've worked on? Oh my word. What is my favorite thing that I've worked on? On the web specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not in gun safety or okay, EMT sure. school. Okay, I can talk about that. <laughs> um, that's a different podcast altogether. <laughs> yes. Um, that's a great question. So, oh, man. Well, I have – okay. So I don't think we've talked yet about my donut manifesto, but um, it's it's hard for me to not talk about it when, it talks, when, I, when I think about achievements. So when I was getting started uh, – I was noticing I would get published somewhere and I'd be really proud of a thing that I made and I wouldn't feel it. You know, like, it'd be cool. It'd be up there, but the web is so mer- mercurial and it's so, um, I don't know. You just kind of like, again, you hit publish and it feels great for that moment, but then you kind of move on from it cause you have more work to do. <clears throat> so, um, I have, if you go to larahogan.me slash donuts, uh, you can see my donut manifesto, which is effectively every time I have an achievement, I celebrate it by eating a donut because <laughs> I want to mark the moment, you know, I really want to celebrate um, this thing that I did. So if I'm thinking about the donuts and uh, the things I'm most proud of um, on the web, it's it's probably this resource that I built this year with my coworker, Destiny, um, Destiny Montague. She's in security at Etsy. We built this resource for building device labs. And um, right now it's just, I mean, it's a, it's a collection of speaker deck stuff. But we really tried to make it not just focus on the technology behind device labs, but also philosophically, how do you approach building a device lab for your coworkers, thinking about them as your users? So there's a lot of stuff in there about usability and about how to troubleshoot it and really what goes into troubleshooting something as big as that and really approaching it like a product for an internal user base. Um, so that's, that's like a recent thing that I'm really proud of because I think there's there's not a lot written about it. Um, and it's it's the kind of thing that I wish we could just like open source, you know, <laughs> available to everybody. That's that's really cool. So obviously over time you've... you um, you've probably hit a ton of roadblocks, whether it's in your learning or in your career and stuff like that. I'd love to hear, like, if you could name, like, three major roadblocks. Not necessarily. It doesn't have to be three, but I'm just using that as an example. Uh, three ma- sort of major roadblocks, whether it was in learning or in your career, and how you sort of navigated through them a little bit. Yeah. Oh, man, these questions are so good. So um, <laughs> I, I, I take that as a compliment. Yeah, no, these are great. These are really getting me to think. Um so I've had some really interesting moments that I, I don't know if, I don't know how identifiable they are. Um, most recently I spoke to a crowd of 2000 people and it was, you know, it's intimidating to get up to the largest crowd you've ever spoken in front of and talk about technology to a very technical audience. And I opted to speak about the intersection of cultural change and technology. And I think that, um, the roadblock for me there was, was being willing to accept that, you know, being on the web and working on the web is more than just you know, pushing some code changes or hoping that there's going to be some tool that fixes your thing, you know, or, or, um, I don't know that you can just enact change without thinking about the human side of it. So probably one of the biggest roadblocks for me, uh, has been figuring out what that intersection is and acknowledging the human factors that go into, to cultural change within your company or, or on the web. Um, I, I think that the, oh man, there's so many really good ones. Um, I could talk so much about uh, jobs that you know don't don't allow for the kind of learning environment that something some place like Etsy does. Etsy encourages everybody to 
um, to go to conferences and to speak at a conference or open source a thing or, or blog about something, which means you're actively learning in order to do those things. Um, so it's certainly jobs that, that didn't allow for that were, were roadblocks. It's really hard for me to come up with like a single thing that's been like a challenge in terms of like learning and getting on the web. I mean, almost all of this has got to be just internal motivators. Like you've just got to get over, you know, believing, like getting over the imposter syndrome, getting over thinking that being a front-end developer means you're not a full developer. Oh man, that's probably actually the biggest one. Let's talk about that for a second. For sure. <laughs> when I was applying to work at Etsy, I made it very clear. Um, I wanted to be a manager because the people stuff is really important to me and I think that I'm good at it. And I think I could bring a lot of value to Etsy. Um, but they historically had not hired, uh, first of all, managers. I was only the second manager in engineering that they'd ever hired. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, mostly they promoted, you know, individual <clears throat> contributors to manager. To manager. Got it. It's, it's changed since then. Um, but I made it really clear that I was not a back-end developer. Uh, I'm really strong in performance on the front end. And I'm really strong um, helping make design. I, I, you know, I'm really strong in the front end, but um, not in back end. So uh, it became very clear that they knew what I was good at during phone screens and stuff. But then when it came to the actual interview, did they ever stack the deck against me? They, oh man, I had to write like a PHP unit test for a tennis match in one of my interviews. Oh God. And I don't really know PHP and I definitely don't know how to write a unit test. And I definitely don't like tennis. So it was a whole, you know, um, how, so, was, so how yeah, were ahead. you able to do that? Like I you... didn't. I just didn't. I just said, I mean, I tried, you know, and I just was really honest and said I didn't know. Um, and I Googled it and I worked on it and I got as far as I could, which was literally nowhere. But um, <laughs> I think what got me past it was being able to say I didn't know and being humble and not not the kind of like apologetic I don't know, but the, yo, guys, I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not. And I'm happy to learn. You know, I'm so eager to learn this stuff and be around all these really phenomenal people, but I want to make it really clear what I'm bringing to the table. Um, and it is not PHP unit tests. So uh, I made it, I think because they, they, they understood the value that I brought. Um, but it took a lot from, for me to also acknowledge it's okay that my skills aren't full stack, that my skills aren't, I'm, I'm not a programmer by the definition. I think that they, that they often use. And I think that that was probably one of the biggest roadblocks. It was my own brain, just, you know, having to be okay with it. And I think that, I think that my own confidence about it probably helped me a lot there. I think the fact that you were able to do something like that is amazing, uh, <laughs> personally. And no, I just think I think the imposter syndrome thing is something we don't, or people in our industry don't talk about enough. Yeah. That like people are just like they know what they're doing, but they're afraid that they don't actually do it, that they don't actually know it, and it takes a lot to push through. Um, so in the last few minutes, I have a, a few questions that I sort of ask everyone. Um, what uh, what piece of advice? would you give to someone jumping into the web today? Like somebody who's like literally opening HTML and CSS 101 for dummies. Um, and right. I hope, I hope nobody's actually picking up that book because there's much better resources, <laughs> but I'm just saying if they're picking up a book like that, um, what, yep. sing, what singular piece of advice would you give them? Learn Git immediately. I think for a couple of reasons. Um, one, obviously, so you can, you can, not be so worried about making mistakes as you're working on the web. Um, but also so you can track your progress over time. It's really cool to look at your little commits and be like, whoa, <laughs> I wrote that code and I am so glad I know better now. I, I really think that, that kid has been instrumental in, in me learning from myself, honestly. That's that nobody's actually said that. And it's something that I wish somebody would have told me when I was <laughs> first starting out to learn Git. Yeah. Uh, because then you go to a job and they're like, oh, we use this thing called Git. And I'm like, Git. 
And I was yeah. like, <laughs> uh, but luckily I was able to figure it out pretty quickly uh, yeah. and not bring down the world. But because um, you always feel like that. You feel like you're going to push this commit and you're like, right. if I push this and it doesn't actually work the way I'm supposed to, it's going to totally destroy the world. But in reality, <laughs> it's not going to. That's what Git right. saves you from. Totally. Um, all right. So if you could go back to yourself at the very beginning, not the Neopets age, but like when you first started building real websites, like we talked right. about earlier, uh, what would you tell yourself? I think I would tell myself to just ask for the job change within the company. I wish I had just, you know, um, I wish I just asked the CTO, like, can I please be a front end developer instead of a project manager? Because uh, with that kind of confidence, I think that that, cor- that corporate culture would have been phenomenal. And I I would love people to know that they can do that probably and get away with it. It's a much safer way to, to move. All right. Uh, sort of uh, what does what does the future hold for you, at whether it's at Etsy or writing or publishing or speaking? Like what, what things do you have on the horizon? Oh, man. So the book will come out in December. It's called Designing for Performance. I'm really excited about that. Um, it's, it's about how designers have a huge impact on page load time. I've worked with so many designers over the years, and it's so clear to me that you know, performance issues get thrown over the wall for developers to work on, but really designers have a huge impact on how fast a site is. So I'm really eager to be speaking about that and to be talking about it at companies and, and all sorts of other things. Uh, at Etsy, I'm really excited to be working on performance with my colleagues, and I'm also excited to be doing a lot of coaching. The people stuff is really fun for me. So I think uh, the scary deep waters that I'm looking at in the horizon is going to be much more um, you know, people-focused stuff. How can I help make other people the best that they can be? Awesome. And the final question that I sort of ask that I ask everyone is where can people find you on the internet? Oh, I am at Lara underscore Hogan on Twitter and Lara Hogan dot me. Awesome. Well, Lara, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on how to hold a pencil this week. I really appreciate it. I've learned a lot and I think my listeners will have learned a lot too. Um, I'm going to post, uh, there are show notes at www.howtoholdapencil.com and you could go there for links and some other stuff. Uh, Also, if you're interested, subscribe to the newsletter um, and I will speak to you all next week.